The Council of Moms has become an important part of The Lisa Show and one of our favorite parts of it. Some of our listeners have even started their own version of it inspired by the show. But what would you ask if you were here in the studio with us? So a while ago, I put out a call saying, hey, we talk about a lot of things. We do a lot of different series here on The Lisa Show. But what are the questions that you have on your mind right now? And this is a special episode of The Council of Moms and Answering your questions. Welcome to the Lisa Show, where we take a good look at life. Welcome to the Council of Moms, your questions answered edition. (laughs) I'm already laughing because this is our way of really like diving deep into different questions. And I'm excited for this week because we are taking listener questions. Now, listen, there's so many questions when it comes to motherhood and just life in general. We're not going to be able to answer them all, but we're going to give it a try to answer at least one. There we go. (laughs) That is my promise to you. And the other voice that you hear laughing and in on the game with me, because it is the game of life after all, is... is Hello, I'm Whitney Call, and uh, I'm happy to be here. It's it's the Council of Mom today. Yeah, so it's the Council. We're really paring down right now because, (laughs) like, when you answer direct questions, sometimes you know you just need to be able to focus in on it. So that's what we're going to try to do today. Really. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, one thing that I appreciate about the Council of Moms is that we're all in different stages of life and Mm -hmm. different like socioeconomic situations (laughs) and ages and generations and and things like that. So I love to ask the guests, you know, how do you describe the stage of life that you're in right now? So I'll go first Mm -hmm. so that it'll give you a a, a time to collect your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right now, I feel like I am uh, a mom who is just trying to manage And I mean that on both levels, right? Like, I'm trying to keep all the balls, you know, in the air that I need to with Mm -hmm. things going on. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? And also, that is the main focus of my motherhood right now. I'm managing things. I'm not, Mm. I, you know, have five kids and three baby adults that don't live with me Mm -hmm. and, you know, off in the world and two teenagers. And one of those teenagers is has a busy social life and is never home. But I have to manage, like, well, what's your social media like? And what's your schedule like? And what are your grades like? And manage, manage. manage. And where are you going? And when will you be home? And what are you doing with work? And then the younger one, it's the same thing. I'm managing kind of coming and going. It's not startup. And you're now just managing. It's quiet at weird times. (laughs) I never really know what's going on. It's so, quiet at weird times. It is. That's that's something that you need to just like have up on one of those felt boards. <laughs> I don't understand. And it's a lot of me texting my adult kids like, but how are you? Hello. Are you drinking <laughs> enough water? I gave my kid vitamins. He came over, my adult kid came over, Miles, my oldest, and I was like, how are you doing? He's like, fine. And I'm like, no, you're not. And I don't, there was something inside of me that was like, take this multivitamin. You you should be taking more vitamin D. It wasn't even something that I thought about ahead of time. And I was like, who am I? Yeah. 
I don't know. It made me feel. I think it made that me feel like I was more doing than something. Just a fear that could have been inspired. I think. Thank you. That multivitamin <laughs> saved him he from will, something. He'll get less sick. So that's the phase of parenting oh that I'm goodness. in. It's real fun. <laughs> what about you? What phase oh, are you in? Lisa, I feel like I've got the same energy of just kind of like, <laughs> um, are we holding this house of cards together? Is it okay? Um, but it looks very different. Like, quiet at weird times does not not exist for me. Yeah, it's never quiet. So. Um, I have a six, five, and four-year-old, soon to be seven-year-old. Um, so it's really just we've got two in kind of real school. One of them's in kindergarten, so he comes home after three hours. Yeah, and you just change a load of laundry, and then you have existence. to get in the car again. Yeah, and the other one is going to preschool three days a week. So on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, from 9.30 to 11.30, I have a minute. Wow. Sometimes I take a bath. What? Sometimes I even, like— get out a checklist, and as soon as I write it all down, I go pick up one of my kids. <laughs> it's, uh, you have a complete <laughs> thought. I have one, yeah. you know, that's, maybe, that's depending good. on how much anxiety is weighing down on me. I think I'm, a, I'm in the startup phase for sure because I'm just starting to have kids who ask the big questions like, why, why are there bad guys in movies? Do they always stay bad? And then we have like oh, a 30 minute Those conversation about you know why people are mean to each other and what it what it comes from and how it doesn't mean anything about you. It means they're going through a hard time. You know, there's like things where I'm the over talker right now because I just want to stuff their brains because they are listening to mm -hmm. an extent. Mm -hmm. So I just like want to fill them with so much so that by the time they are teenagers and acting on anything that I've given them, that it's hopefully in there somewhere. Yeah. But what results usually is my children being cheeky and like interrupting me and saying, when did we start talking about this? And I'm like, oh, that is, that is the most savage thing you could say to me. How did we, you asked me. Yeah, you I, asked me a, like a really deep existential question. You don't think I'm going to talk about it for 45 minutes? So that's like, that's the emotional part of my life is just making sure my kids uh, have some sort of uh, foundation to go off on. And then in the meantime, still finding inside out pants with the underwear still on them everywhere. I don't think everywhere. some of my kids have ever gotten out of that phase. <laughs> no. I don't know if I should tell you. Lisa, you've told me disgusting. a lot of I'm harsh sorry. truths. I know. That I just feel like it's my job. Me. Okay, good. Because I know like, okay, <laughs> this is just one of those things that I can't expect to go away. I'll yeah. just learn how to figure out how to live with it. And then there's some things that I'm like, okay, that does go away. But then I'm preparing for, like, all the emotional. <laughs> I remember you said to me once, you were like, you you could get less or you could get more sleep when your kids are older <laughs> because they do sleep through the night and they do stop waking you up. But you probably won't because you'll be up wondering where they are and yeah. what they're doing and why they're the way they are. <laughs> and I feel like that's 
comforted me a little bit to just know, like, well, I'm not alone. No, even you're like not. the women who <laughs> seem to be in a calmer stage of life, we're all kind of freaking out a bit. Yeah, I do. I yeah. think we all are kind of freaking out, which leads me to our first question <laughs> <laughs> from our li- listeners for the Lisa Show. Council of Moms questions we asked, you answered. I like this one. I'm going to start with this one because it it starts with a younger sort of parenting phase that you and I have both been in before, but are not currently in. So we might have some perspective. Okay. I don't know. Let's see. What to do all day, or what can I do all day with an 11-month-old LOL? Mm. Now, I remember being in this phase where you have one kid, Mm -hmm. they're 11 months old, and Mm -hmm. you get kind of pressured into, well, their brains are just sponges. They're right. developing. So you need to, to expose them to this and that and the other. And I always felt like I needed to be playing like educational games mm-hmm. and things like that mm-hmm. all day long. Where really like they want to play with a box. Right. And and I do think that that is important. Yeah. And so I would say if you were looking at trying to plan the day. Yeah. Right. Because I, I think that's what's overwhelming is yeah. there's here's this baby that can't talk yet. Don't worry. It'll happen soon. Could maybe walk. And could maybe walk and potentially. But like, what do we do? Obviously, mm-hmm. proper sleep and nutrition are in there. Mm-hmm. But like, what do we do? do? And one thing that really helped me and I hope helped my baby, (laughs) but I did it mostly for me, is just to get out of the house once a day. I think Mm -hmm. it really, it's so much easier to not get all this stuff, Mm -hmm. the diapers and the wipes and Mm -hmm. the extra change of clothes and the da-da-da-da. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. But just even if it's to go on a walk and look outside and to just say, oh, look, we're looking at the clouds. Now we're looking at that dog over there. And sort of like you were saying, doing that running commentary is kind of nice for that, but just like getting out so that they see something, experience something different, and so do you. It's something that's not just errands because that's like the necessary evil or whatever. Or like just going to the park. Yep. Or even when it's cold, like I would just, I knew all of the different play places for all the fast food. We all do. We all knew where they were. Mm -hmm. Going to the library. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a couple of kids when we went to story time, you know, I'd sit around on the carpeted floor, you know, with the sunken ground, you know, (laughs) that you can, the toddlers just kind of can sit on a blanket if they want. I had a couple kids who would just wander off in the aisles. Like they were not interested in the puppet show. But it doesn't matter. because they're seeing something new, they're exploring, yeah. and they have that kind of confidence. Yeah. So that's my best advice. I love that because, honestly, even with my kids where they are now, I will find that if we haven't gotten out of the house yet that day, we are all cranky. I think it's just kind of stir-crazy because you think, like, oh, it takes more effort to get out of the house than it does to just stay here. But there's, like, a pressure building when I stay inside. Mm-hmm. And so to just kind of have, like— all these personalities, and and there's only so many toys that they haven't played with that day. And so to just uh, experience some kind of change to go outside, I feel like it's a reset for me as much as it is for my kids. Also, like, 11 months at this point, you know the gig. You already have that bag full of diapers, full of change of clothes. I mean, maybe I was that mom who was like, I've got the go bag. Just in case. Right. You just always need a go bag. Yeah. So you just get yourself a go bag 
And you don't even have to fill it up all the time because guess what? You could get a backup go bag so that you don't have to keep replacing it every day. Brilliant. That was my That's thing. That's advanced level I was, I was like, I've got my go bag and then I've got my backup go bag in case I haven't replaced it that day. Yeah. Or there was an accident. There's like always a spill like or something, something in that Something soiled that bag. Yes. And you just need, a, milk, you need a minute. <laughs> something, whatever it is. We don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. And also, one, one thing that someone told me that really helped was like, Turn on some music. Oh, that yeah. If you don't have a moment to, like, really get out of the house, um, I will, like, play a song. Our kids got really familiar with um, Mumford & Sons and Justin Timberlake <laughs> because they somehow heard it at some point, and so they, like, kept asking Echo in their— in determinate babble that oh, they could so if they could play those songs and it was just like something with a beat something that got your body moving yeah. a little bit because when you just kind of feel subconsciously moving I think it does get that little change in you so if we couldn't go outside I would just turn on turn on a song turn on something to dance to and honestly like after five minutes I was like okay I can I can make it through till lunchtime I can yeah. make it through till dinner you know it was it gave me some new life I love that. Mm -hmm. My sister just recently had a baby, and mm. she has a toddler mm. right now. And yeah. so this has all been new to her. And it's funny because when before the baby was coming, I asked her, well, you know, are you nervous for the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the little, little one? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, what I've done, and I thought it was a good idea, and I remember that I—you know how you hear somebody else talking, and you go, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah. It's just— a long time Buried. ago. <laughs> but she says, I had uh, little stations around my house oh. so that he can kind of toddle over yeah. to the different stations. So they have a, like a music station where he's got yeah. like a new keyboard and he's kind of figuring that out. Uh -huh. But then there's like an art station. Like if you had oh, washable that. markers that they could draw like on the on a on a whiteboard yep. or on the a sliding glass door mm -hmm. that you can wipe off. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, and then there's you know, pots and pans. Yeah. Like, I don't think you have to overthink it. You don't. Because there are, I mean, I just think about like, well, I wonder what my grandma did or my, you know. Right. They got out, you know, old. I remember my mom saying, don't underestimate the power of an old, um, like, oatmeal container because oh, it rolls yeah. and you can put stuff in it and you can shake it and oh, it's yeah. also a drum and yes. it's also My a place to crazy. school, you know, to store art supplies. Like, yeah. you can do anything with an oatmeal, you know, container. Uh -huh. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a cute idea. I love that. There's just so many things around the house, things that maybe sometimes you are almost stopping your kid from playing with because it's like, well, that's not a toy. And then you think, like, how can I make this safe and turn mm -hmm. it into a toy? Because yeah. they clearly want to play with it. Yeah. So let's just, like, make it easy on both of us yeah, let's and turn this into a easy. toy. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I love that. I like that. And I do like having structure. I think looking back mm -hmm. as an older mom, I, well— my children are older. <laughs> Time is just you doesn't even your little Adelaide. Well, it doesn't even mean anything, does it? <laughs> anyway, I think looking back, I I am glad that I was, you know, there's I've made plenty of mistakes, but one thing that I'm <laughs> glad that I did was to keep a schedule. Mm. Because I do think that kids thrive better yes. with a schedule, and it's easier to enforce it as they get older, especially as they're teenagers, yeah. if you've always had a schedule. And yes. I just think that that calms 
babies, toddlers, children, teens down if they know what to expect. Like, we get up and we do this. And then we do this. And then we have lunch. And then we take a nap. And then we go to the library. Whatever it is. Whatever your schedule is. But, like, keeping that predictability Mm -hmm. really is really great for developing brains, I think. And I'll say our kids— People thought we were crazy, but one of my friends recommended this book that was like Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Baby, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they talked about putting your kid to bed at 5.30 p.m. And I was like, whoa, like— That's pretty early. But my friend was like, no, it's the best thing you will ever do. Because the book talked about how your your baby will sleep for that long if you let them. They will sleep until, you know, six, seven, eight, whenever they're going to wake up in the morning. Um, And so we started putting our babies down because we had three under two and a half for a few years. So we had a lot of 11-month-olds going through our, our house. And so, like, the idea of just putting them all to bed at 5.30— for a few years, people made fun of us because they were like, oh, like, are the, is, are the kids in bed? It's lunchtime and, yeah. you know, things like that. But it saved my sanity because then we had, like, five hours in the night that we could, like, you know, do a dinner and watch a movie. And we could even have friends come over if we wanted. It just, like, opened up our whole evening to us. So I, it might not be for everyone, but I've talked to a few people who have put their kids down early. And we don't put our kids down at 530 anymore. But we do still put them down fairly early. And they don't, they just don't fight it because that's their routine. That's what they know. And they get enough sleep. They get enough sleep. And so I I think just like making enough time for me in the nighttime was really helpful for me. Because if I had had my kid up until like nine or eight, you know, and just knowing like, I don't get that much time to myself after this. Like, I'm so tired. I'm going to need to go to sleep after my baby's asleep, you know. So just knowing that they were uh, in bed early enough uh, that I could have something that wasn't just totally making, you know, just all motherhood, um, like, just saved me, I think, for those first few years. What a great tip. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, they will do it. Yeah. If you're wondering. <laughs> oh, I was, I'm sort of laughing to myself because this is how bedtime goes at my house right now with a 17-year-old and a 14, almost 15-year-old. <laughs> it's me at, like, 1030 going, I'm so tired. I, like, I'm so— why don't we—it's it's been dark for so long. <laughs> Why don't we go to bed? Like, let's—oh, let's go. Just, You're like that kid at a slumber uh, party. Yes. That's like, just, I'm trying gonna to, get like, drawn talk. on soon. And then I'll be—they're like, oh, well, we're not tired, but you can go to bed. And I'm always like, no, I hate <sighs> going to bed before my kids. But anyway. Do you go to bed after your kids every night? Do you try to? No, it doesn't work. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> a lot of things have fallen by the wayside that, oh. I, that I wouldn't have done before that I do now or— mm-hmm. It's true what they say about, like, the younger kids just getting away with stuff because you're just tired. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have the—but I do try to be, like, they park their phones at the same time every Mm -hmm. night. And they—you know, there is a thing about a, like, different kind of circadian rhythm that teenagers have Mm -hmm. and later, and which is why I think a lot of people are having discussions about why maybe school should start later and Mm. things like that. Interesting. So it's really hard to fight. Well, but so again, just ride back the to wave. manage. I'm a manager, <laughs> a mid level manager. 
Okay, I want to move on to a next question. I, I, I did promise that we would answer one, and I think we did it. You know what? Checking something <laughs> off your task list. It feels good. There's serotonin there. <laughs> Here for the Lisa Show, we asked our listeners to send in their questions for the Council of Moms. So we are answering. And I will say that this is one of the things that I've loved about the show, that like we have Lisa's listener community over on Facebook, but we also have... We do videos on Facebook, but also on Instagram. We're on Instagram a lot. Um, and I love the comments, and I read everything. Mm-hmm. And people also email in to The Lisa Show at thelisashow at byu.edu, and we read everything. It's really fun to, like, make connections and comment about things on the show on and off. So don't ever hesitate to do that. That's my that's my little plug for that. Okay, mm-hmm. so next question, real question, um, is— How do you make mom friends that you connect with with not just because their kids are the same ages as you? Mm. How do you make mom friends? And not just, yeah, by default because that's who your kids hang out with. You have to have an icebreaker question, right? Like you have to have a probe. Like I will sometimes bring up like a TV show that I like that's polarizing or that not many people know Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that where it's like if this person— looks at me like, oh my gosh, you watch that? Then it's like, okay, well, I know we we're probably not going to get along. <laughs> um, but if they're like, oh my gosh, I love that show, then it's like, we are going to be best friends. <laughs> and it could not it could be other things, right? But TV is my life and my just everything. And so usually I connect people through TV, but it could be like, you know, uh, like I attend this high fitness class or yeah. I, you know, am obsessed with uh, Swig. And then they're like, no, I am a so delicious person. Then you're like, okay, we could still be friends because at least they're passionate. Yeah. And we could have a conversation. <laughs> you know, but like something like that where it's like if there is something that not everyone feels the same way about, but you feel strongly enough and you maybe just send that out there, um, I tend to get a vibe on like, okay, like this yeah. person, this person shares some common ground with me. And if not, then it's like, okay, I know this is a like small doses mom. I don't have to call her for like girls' nights. I don't like she can be a play date mom sometimes every other month or something like that. Just yeah. whatever your tolerance is. But some people can just get along with everyone. So um I would just say that's like my tool is just initially throwing that out there and and seeing what sticks. Well, and I like the question because it's I want to make mom friends, like yes. friends who are in the same stage of yes. life as I am. But I would also give a plug to do kind of like a Council of Moms idea where you reach out to people you just like and admire or just want to be around oh, that yeah. are maybe not in the same stage of life as you are because they'll— they really can those differences can really add to your perspective. Oh yeah. Some sometimes I mean, it's so great and it's so necessary to have different kinds of friends, right? Like you really do yep. need somebody who's like in the thick of it with you, with mm-hmm. has kids the same age. But I would expand that definition of what a mom friend is. Yes. To have like moms that are a little bit younger than you, moms that are a little bit older than you totally. and have been had different life experiences to give you a perspective because you get Motherhood is all-encompassing, and it you is. need all of the ideas yes. all the time because you don't know what's going to work with one kid will not work with the other. So you do need, like, to outsource some of that creativity. Oh, yeah. Don't you think? And I think that I've just—I've benefited so much from from mom friends because yes. of that. 
And it's honestly, being a mom is kind of unifying. Like, you look at all these women who are swaying while they're waiting in line because they (laughs) just don't get that out of their bones. Even when they're 60, they are doing the sway. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, we've all been there. We've all done it. And so even if, like, I remember when I was first going into, like, an older group of women in church and just as this teenager was like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make any of these friends. But I think after, especially after having kids, um, I would look at these, you know, like 50-year-old women that I I was like, I want to hang out with her. I want to hang out with her because I can tell we've got a lot of common ground Mm -hmm. now that I would never have seen before having kids. So I do think like if if you are a mom, then like already that's a huge uh, shared experience that you can approach any woman in any stage of life and make friends with totally. them. Totally. And you know, a new thing for me that I want to give a big plug to is making friends with women who've never had any children, who are not mm. mothers. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, like, I have a couple of, I have a few friends who don't, you know, have kids. And, mm-hmm. and there's something about my conversations with them that I feel like I can just like, there's no judgment yes. from them. They're like, I don't know. They're not and protecting anything They're not about protecting, it. A, like, because we're not comparing or anything. Right. That makes me be, like, a little bit more honest. Like, oh, my gosh, I got to tell you what happened. Yeah. Like, my kid did this, and then they said this, and then I did this. <laughs> and I don't know if it's right or not. Right. What do you think? And then they just give a— yeah, and it, it's so great because answer. they can, and they yeah. will say, well, you know, I don't have kids, but they always qualify it. But I just think, yeah, but you're smart, and you have life experience, right. and you can actually see uh, sort of a bird's eye view of this situation right. in a way that the rest of us who can't. Right. If we're if you're too close to it. And I've gotten such like measured good advice. Oh, like that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you can tell that they have observed and they have information and opinions and things like right. that. But uh, you know, probably don't get asked a lot. And I don't know, I've gotten some of the greatest advice or even perspective from from women who don't have kids. Oh yeah. So I'm when I say like you include everybody in your circle, I really do mean it. Everybody. Oh, that makes so much sense. I feel like especially like that that was highlighted for me a lot when I was, um, like, birthing kids because I feel like birth experiences are so uh, defended in yeah. mom's communities. I think, like, if you have a hard birth, an easy birth, whatever, you, like, stick to that story. It's weird. And you pass yeah. it on to others. And so I, like, was trying to just navigate having kids, just bringing them <laughs> into the world. Right. And I felt like if I was talking to some moms, I would sometimes get, like, a, it's going to be like this because yeah. that's what my experience <laughs> was like. And I was like, well, it doesn't have to be, right? <laughs> and so to just talk to women who who hadn't had kids was like, Absolutely. Like, you're yeah. doing your best. And I was like, I am doing my best. Yeah, that's just, that's all anyone needs to hear. Oh, that makes so much sense. I, I love that theory. And I wonder if her question, and again, the question is, how do I make mom friends that, that I connect with, not just because the kids are the same age? Mm-hmm. I wonder if the question is, yeah, who, sure, and, and how do I collect those friends? But I wonder if it's also, like you were saying, like, do you need an icebreaker? Do you have a hard time making friends? Mm-hmm. Like, because you're so busy and maybe because motherhood changes so quickly yeah. from phase to phase and you don't have a lot of time right. to— think strategically maybe about (laughs) friends and who you hang out with. You're just getting caught up in the the tide of the day. Yes. So maybe the question really is more of how do I do that? That's why I like your ice 
breaker oh, yeah. question. That's a logistical answer. I'm very— Tactics. And, and it, it makes me think that I'm very um, direct. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't think I had a lot of time, but I needed friends, and I'd be like, will you be my friend? Like, I'm not creepy, <laughs> extroverted, that they're like, why are you talking to me? But You know what, though? Most but you know what? people I want to care. be friends. Yeah, but if you're not extroverted or if you yeah. feel uncomfortable, like, making friends, like, I really— I think that other moms recognize that more mm-hmm. often than we think. Yes. And so this is my my feel-good plug to, like, give them a chance. Right. Just chat them up at the PTA or oh, yeah. in the neighborhood or at the park. Be or, vulnerable. Yeah. Honestly, I have a friend of mine from my neighborhood who we're, we're kind of in different stages of motherhood, but we became friends because we both would just, like— tell it like it is. Yeah. And so <laughs> like, just like, you know, she we'd be going into church and she's like, is it a good Sunday if you've said three swear words already <laughs> in the church parking lot? And like, you know, you just, I think like being able to share, like I'm having a really hard time right now. I think sometimes we're afraid to share that with other people, but uh, chances are everyone's in that boat. Oh, yeah. So I think if you just are, are struggling to make friends, um, the ability to, to have that vulnerability is going to immediately make the people drawn to you uh, that that want that sort of relationship too. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely agree. And finding that tribe, that council of moms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has such a great benefit that whenever you feel, I think, a little bit shy about doing that and being yeah. vulnerable, you can just remember the, oh yeah, but this is going to be fun. It yeah, is. but if they're my friend, if they pass the test. Oh, yeah. And also, I feel like you make an offering What's the worst that could happen there? Like, no, I don't want to be your friend. And you're like, yeah, but I just gave you a compliment. So right. you can take that. I'll just take hit that. that next person. Right. We'll try it again. Move on down. Man, it just, it's like dating. It is a just little. Put is yourself a little. out there. Whatever. It does make you feel back in middle school it a little, does. right? A little bit. But you got to push through it. I you got to. And the people who are like picky about the friends and are like, no, not you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> they don't seem that happy right now anyway. Right. <laughs> or... <laughs> It's so true. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, we're going to get to one last question. And this is really I know we're getting three, and I really did think we would get to one. (laughs) Um, Just because we have so much to say. Because these are great questions. They are. This question is kind of funny. And I and I want you to be really vulnerable and really answer this. <laughs> I just talked about vulnerability. <laughs> yeah, so show it. <laughs> Prove it. What's the most immature thing you've ever done as a mom? <laughs> <laughs> I know, isn't it the worst? <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Yes, please. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is immature, but I it always comes to mind of like I can't believe I did this. One time I was sick of it, uh-huh. and I was in a moment. That's when it usually happens. And I thought I'm I work all the time, and I knew everything <laughs> for all these kids, and they don't even care, and no one cares like in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was making dinner. I was trying to make dinner, and I lived in a. I still do, but. I've since fixed this problem, but I lived in a 1970s house. And so, like, the everything just kind of disintegrates <laughs> that was made in the 70s. And that was absolutely true with our kitchen cabinets. Oh. And my kitchen cabinets would always—I mean, they were just wood. I'm sure somebody put them in for, like, $10. Uh-huh. And 
they would go off center. They weren't secured in there. They were, they, the wood was literally disintegrating. And there was the contact paper that somebody put on that I tried to put on and picture. Listen, (laughs) and this particular shelf where I had all the pots and pans Mm -hmm. kept falling. And one day it fell the wrong way. That just rubbed me the wrong way. Uh-huh. And I remember, like, I, I don't think I've ever had, like, an outburst like this before. I was just, I ripped it out, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm going to break this with my bare hands. <laughs> now, listen, I'm not that strong. I couldn't. But I kept <laughs> Even a disintegrating. And I was so mad. I was just so mad. I was just in that phase of life where, like— I didn't feel good. Nothing uh-huh. looked good on me. Mm-hmm. M- nobody appreciated me. Mm-hmm. I was just day after day bleeding into the neck. I was really in a moment. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you this. Mm-hmm. And I was banging <laughs> this <laughs> shelf. I wanted to break it. And I wasn't going to stop until <laughs> I broke it. And I kept pounding it like on the floor. And I didn't care if I like dinged up the dented whole. The it floor. didn't matter because guess what? My walls were already dented because <laughs> of those kids throwing they dent stuff. things, don't they? And I took it over to where, to this like, we had this like little shelf in the front room mm-hmm. that separated, again, 1970s, uh-huh. the front door from the living room. Just yes. a little shelf. Just and a shelf. I just took it to the corner <gasps> and hit it as hard as I could and it cracked in the middle, but also the shelf oh, in the living no. room cracked and I was like I don't and I I think I even said like I don't even care like I don't even care that I'm breaking this and I felt like a little toddler like having I had a temp a full blown temper tantrum broke the shelf and then I was like okay and I felt better yeah. And you know what? I looked at that crack and I was like, good for me. Good for I you. I did exactly what I wanted. Where'd you put those pots? Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I tried to shut the door. The door never shut again. Again. Oh. Years later, we fixed it. But for a long time, the door would just, you'd walk by it and it would just open because, it you know, nothing ever shut. Everything mm-hmm. was broken. And I'd be like, I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> so that's my immature moment. That's the motto I think of this this whole episode. I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> it's spelled as one word. But I did think if someone saw that, and I can't believe I actually described it, <laughs> they would be like, "What are like? What are you doing? This isn't mm-hmm. even helping anyone. Like that's kind of immature." But yeah, there you are. There you go. Oh gosh. I mean, when you're saying immature, the only things that come to me are like. Things that probably, like, really negatively affected my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Which we shouldn't (laughs) joke about. (laughs) Like, I thought we were going to go into some, like, dark stories. (laughs) They were like, oh, this, like, cabinet that I broke like a toddler. And I was like, oh, those kind of stories. And I'm racking my brain. I I should have let you go first. I can't think of (laughs) those. No, you shouldn't have. (laughs) Because you would have sat there staring like, "Um, we can't air that, can we? Um... Like, honestly, the things that I'm thinking about are, like, if one of my kids, like, hit one of my other kids, and I'm in that moment Uh where I'm like, I can't take this anymore. Like, how many times have we read the book, Hands Are Not For Hitting? Like, how many times? (laughs) Yeah. Are they getting it into their head? Like, I'm trying all of the good ways. I'm trying to, like— pay attention to the one who got hurt. I'm trying to like, you know, be empathetic and compassionate and name their feelings. And it just keeps happening. And so, I mean, like those times are moments when like, I don't, I don't hit my kids. No. No. 
but I do threaten and sometimes pretend to when I'm really immature. I, know. I think it was those moments when I wasn't getting enough sleep yeah. and my brain wasn't fully functioning that I would say like, would you like it if someone bigger than you went like this? And I'm doing it like, a, I'm not hitting you. I'm not hitting you. Like that's- <laughs> My brother used to do that to me. I'm not hitting you. See how close he could get? Those are the yeah, moments. I would say that's pretty immature. <laughs> sure my kids are going to talk about in therapy where they're like this like much bigger person than me Um, but those are the moments I think when those fuses are out and I'm like I don't know I don't know another solution right now because I've tried everything and when you get to that point and you feel like what is happening? And I'm around kids all the time, and I don't have this perspective. It, mm-hmm. it, it does mess with you, and that's when you need to, like, I mean, just remove yourself from the situation, <sighs> yep. right? Just walk like, away. And, I mean, it's probably not very mature to, like, I mean, I've done, like, that's mine. Right. Like, and, like, whether it's, like, a piece of chocolate or something like that. Oh or or a, a slice of pie. Oh, did you want that? No, I wanted that. That's my why I know. cut it. Mama doesn't and I share. And put it out. Like, some of that, those responses have, have not been super mature. Let's be honest. But that's, that's the thing is that, like, that's what you sign up for, right? And that's yeah. what people tell yes. you is, like, you sign up to be the mature one. Yeah. And it's like, but— I didn't sign up to have all of these at the time I had them. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't sign up to be this tired. I didn't sign up to not have my brain fully working. So I can't be totally responsible for We're everything. operating <laughs> under extreme circumstances, all of us. But it is, I think it is helpful sometimes, like just for a just for a moment. You can have like I'll usually have a flick that's mm-hmm. like, just breathe, just breathe. Yep. Yeah. And I just tell so I'm like <sighs> Just say, I'm the grown-up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have feelings, <laughs> and that's okay. I'm doing my best. Um, but, yeah, there's plenty of those immature moments. And when it does happen, I think it is also helpful to just, like— because my friend told me this, too. She was like, trauma comes not from the incident, but from <laughs> what happens after. And she said, if there is no repair, mm. that's when something can really linger. And I've just, like, that's been my saving grace. It's like, okay, I make a lot of mistakes yeah. when I'm angry. And I do things that I'm like, gosh, why did I do that? Why did I do that? But I think the more that I'm talking to myself compassionately yes, and saying, you know what? I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. That was not what I wanted to do then. And so I'm just going to use the tools I can to, to do what I can now. Yeah. And so then I talk to my kids and say, like, I, like, I'm really sorry. That was a moment when I was not using my tools and I got really angry. And, you know, and so regardless of those immature moments that someone might be calling CPS right now, that you just like, you know, obviously there's there's lines that we're like, don't cross those ones. But the mistakes that all of us moms make all the time, yeah. I think you can have compassion and then repair it. Go repair it because there's always a chance to repair. And, and children are so loving and forgiving in that sense where it's like well, that repair goes to so them how they long. can do that for yeah. themselves as they get older as yeah. well. Like you're going to feel immature your whole <laughs> life and have these moments. There is repair. I think this was meant to be a funny question, but <laughs> I, can, I can take the fun out of any mom situation. <laughs> no, I love it because it got us to a place of self-compassion, mm-hmm. which is at the heart of the Council of Moms. So I would yes. say that this was time well spent because <laughs> not only did we answer three full questions, like oh, good on us, and I was really expecting one, <laughs> but also it, it it has like the spirit of the Council of Moms or why we like to do this. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. We're all making this up as we go along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but surrounding ourselves with 
also like vulnerable people who are in it and doing mm-hmm. it can help us feel like less alone and and more, and have more joy in it. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. The show is hosted by Lisa Valentine Clark and is produced by McKay Menden, Becca Hurley, Tabitha Freitas, Michael Combs, Kaya Dibb, and Brooke Soldani. Our music and post-production was done by Sam Clausen and Josh Fouts. If you haven't heard it already, our entire self-care series is available now. If you know somebody who needs to take better care of themselves, please send them our way.